0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I'm glad to be back here with you, brothers. This I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today because I want to encourage you. Right. I want to I wanna I wanna point you to truth in God's word, and I want to um, man, I just I just pray that God does his work in your heart as you listen to his word, as we talk about it, as I share some thoughts. And, and I hope you stay until the very end, because I want to share a story, something that happened this past week that I think really speaks to what we're going to talk about. So um, where we left off back in Hebrews, and, and listen, this podcast is not a, uh, a study of Hebrews. That's not what it's intended to be, but um, that's that's what we're going to do right now. So I think this is great. So we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, talked about three indications or three signs that you will always struggle with porn. And it was really, we we focused on the passage that was talking about um, being immature in our faith. And so the writer keeps on going and we get into chapter six of Hebrews. And so he says this. And this is a much debated passage in scripture, right? And, and I'm not a scholar, so I'm not going to um, say, hey, this is the, the answer. And um, if you don't believe it, you're wrong. That's not what we're here for. Uh, I'm, I'm here to encourage you through the word. And so we're going we're gonna to briefly talk about this, and then we're going to move on and get into the, the, um, the, the purpose of this um, recording. So Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, 4, it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Now, again, like I said, this is much debated, and the question always is, This does this passage indicate that a true follower of Christ can fall away from the faith and not have assurance of salvation. Well, the way I read this, like this would contradict other very obvious and clear passages, such as John 10, where he says, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. Like this is a very clear teaching that Jesus says once you are his, like there's nobody. Otherwise, our salvation would be could could be left up to Satan's schemes. Is our salvation secure or is Satan able to rip it away from us to to cause us to fall away? Second Timothy 1.12, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So can we fall away and lose our salvation? I, the answer, I believe, is no. So what the writer of Hebrews appears to be describing here, like goes back, points back to the children of Israel wandering in the desert. Now, remember, he's been talking about the children of Israel in the desert. And using them as an example, saying, today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts like they did back then. Right? Remember, God was testing them, and they put God to the test. God was testing them. And when they said, listen, God's brought us out here, and all of our kids are going to die out here. When God's judgment came to them, he said, well, no, that's not actually accurate. What's going to happen is you're going to die out here and your children who you said were going to die, they're going to inherit the land. So he's pointing back to them. They experienced, so think about this, they experienced God's power over his enemies they experienced manna from heaven fire from the cloud they drank from a rock yet they rebelled and never truly believed his promises when it came time to enter the promised land they didn't believe it was proof that they had not truly trusted god's promises so they died in the desert so What is one very important proof that we are truly God's people? Well, we are advancing in our spiritual life. We are growing and not falling away. Right. The the writer of Hebrews wants us to advance because it's the only way to be sure of salvation and endure to the end. Like, endurance is part of this Christian life. By this time, you ought to be teachers. Remember that from Hebrews 5.12. Yet they had barely progressed beyond spiritual infancy. It's like it's hard to know who you
1: are if you're still in the nursery. It's hard to endure. Like, in the nursery, everything is done for you. So, Let's keep going. As we keep reading, for,
0: the, for land, verse 7 of chapter 6, for land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those whose, for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Right. So he is, he's, he's talking to the church. These are, this is a believer. These are Jews who had come to faith in Christ. And he's pointing them and saying, Hey, there's a big difference between you and those who said they were believed, like they believed in Christ, but later rejected Christ and went back to Judaism. So, like Judas, think about Judas. Like Judas, they had been enlightened, they had tasted the heavenly gifts, all of these things, yet they turned away, proving that their faith wasn't genuine. So what is proof that my faith is genuine? Well, verse 7 says, my life is bearing fruit for God's kingdom and not simply fruit for myself. This type of faith, like faith that is growing and advancing, and we're going to look at some particulars here in just a second, faith that is growing and advancing perseveres under trials. It doesn't mean that a person who gives into sin is not saved. That's not what, what he's saying, but, but we want to we be honest with ourselves, right? We want to tell the truth. As men who have struggled with pornography, one of the biggest things that we've become accustomed to is lying, lying to ourselves and lying to others. But brothers, let me encourage you. We must press on in the faith. Right, so we just, I just mentioned Judas. There was a huge difference between Judas and Peter. Peter also denied Christ, right? Peter and Judas, right around the same time,
1: both turned their back on Christ. But Peter was restored.
0: So it's difficult to make judgment calls about people from a distance without considerable time together, right? So we, we just know that cultivation of fruit takes time. It's not overnight. But what I want us to ask ourselves is, am I pressing on? Like, Am I, am I advancing? Am I growing? Am I pushing forward in my faith? Or am I stagnant? Am I stale? Am I like not trying at all? Philippians 3.12, Paul says this, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So we need to, we need to consider and think about, are we persevering? Are we moving forward? Those those who are pressing forward and who are trusting God and who do have faith in his promises are safe and secure. Right? So how do we know someone is truly converted, like truly a follower of Christ? We, we don't know this just based on a profession of faith, but because the power of the gospel bears fruit under trial. And I'm thinking about my children. Like, This is something that I struggle with because in my own life, I thought I was a believer, and I've I've said this before on this podcast. I thought I was a follower of Christ. I thought I was, but I really wasn't. I wasn't saved. I wasn't a true follower of Christ, and it wasn't until November 20th of 2000 that I came to faith in Christ, and so when my son at a very young age wanted to uh, be baptized, said he believed, man, I pressed him on it. (laughs) I pressed him on it. That's my responsibility as a father. It's my responsibility as a father to to ask him and ask him and talk to him and and make sure that he understands what he's doing, even at a young age. And, um, and man, so his life right now as a 19-year-old, he made this profession of faith when he was seven. His life at 19-year-old as a 19-year-old is bearing fruit for the glory of God. It's bearing fruit. So. Let's think about this. Let's go back to this passage. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. So God, in his incredible grace, allows the rain to fall on the land. So think about this. What does this mean to us spiritually? We have his word. We have a brotherhood the body of christ we have his holy spirit we have a sound mind we have a will that he's given us we have emotions we have spiritual freedoms beyond all comprehension like like think about the audience listening or reading this this letter like we have a we have spiritual freedoms well beyond far beyond what they ever experienced rain rain, rain, your life, rain, rain, rain. Every single day, rain, rain, rain. So where is the crop? This is what the writer's pointing us to, (laughs) encouraging us. Like Proof of our salvation is that there's crop, there's a crop, there's a harvest of righteousness, there's fruit, and it's not your bank account, it's not your vacations, it's not all the things that the world wants to point to, which they claim is an indication of a blessed life. Because guess what? That doesn't work in other parts of the world where people are truly followers of Christ. I was just reminded recently of a trip I took in 2008. I was with my pastor, David Platt, and and my brother, and we were in India. We were in North India, and we traveled up to um, this region region called Kashmir, and it was man, it was really cold, but we we had the privilege like the incredible privilege to meet and break bread with brothers and sisters in Christ who lived in extremely difficult circumstances, and we sat there and we listened to stories, we listened to testimonies of 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 a, of a of a man, of a husband whose wife was murdered for by her parents, for her faith in Christ. And then he pointed to two other people who were sitting on the ground. These were two two ladies that were sitting on the ground and he said, because of my wife's sacrifice, like her faith that caused her to stand firm, in her faith until the very end, until she was murdered. Because of
1: that, these two ladies here put their faith in Christ. Rain, rain, rain. Like We can't look to earthly success as proof that we are being blessed. So what is the proof? What is the fruit? Well, according to the word, it should be twofold here.
0: Let, let's keep going Through, though we speak in this way. So he's, he's talking to these, he's been warning, he's been warning, he's been warning this church. And now he goes, ah, oh, though we speak in this way, though, I'm, I'm really like, I'm, I'm strongly encouraging you. <laughs> I'm warning you. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. He says, though we speak in this way yet in your case, beloved, like followers of Christ, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. So the fruit, according to the word here, should be at least twofold. Number one, it's the growing character of Christ in your life. And we know what that looks like from Galatians 5, through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit, is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, self-control. So are you growing in self-control? He says, against these things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So brother one, the, the crop rain, 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 the fruit that should be bearing in your life is an inward fruit, which is the character of Christ. So I want you to examine your life. I want you to examine your life. Like, and this is one of the things that pornography absolutely wrecks, and that is our assurance of salvation, our confidence before God. We start questioning our salvation. And it's possible, yes, it's possible. You can be a true follower of Christ and wrestle with pornography and struggle with pornography. But brother, I want to encourage you. We have to move on beyond this. God's life, His purpose for your life, is not to stay in por- in the trap of pornography in this pit. Yet, so many men that I talk to have told me that they they feel like this is something they're always going to struggle with and that is a lie that they're believing is it a lie that you're believing according to the word like it's not like the the spirit's
1: going to produce self-control in your life and love for others so
0: the work of the spirit The manifestation of true saving faith will grow these qualities in your life. So are you growing in self-control or are you looking to porn more and more? So that's number one. Number two, so that's the inner life, the character of Christ growing in you. And then the second fruit that we can look to or the second evidence that you're receiving the rain and producing a crop useful, a useful crop is your work. He says here. He said, we feel sure of better things, for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for His name in serving the saints. So it's your work, the outworking of the Spirit of Christ in you, most notably can be seen in your love for the saints through service. And so he reminds them later in the book of Hebrews what that looks like. He says, Recall the former days when you were enlightened, when you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one.
1: So the good crop of work and love Work, these works are not the cause of your salvation, but they absolutely accompany it. They absolutely accompany it. So although
0: there are those who do not bear fruit, who do not persevere but fall away and reveal that their faith wasn't genuine, the writer says, we feel sure your salvation is genuine. And those were the two reasons, the work of the Spirit revealed through the growing character of Christ and the love you are demonstrating to fellow believers. So what now? What now? Well, Let's look. Verse 11, he says, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Brothers, be earnest and strive forward, not shrinking back in unbelief or becoming lazy and sluggish in the faith. Don't be like the Israelites who became complacent and then they compromised and then they were captured by the enemies. They became slaves of their enemies. Instead, be imitators of those who have faithfully gone before you, the ones who faithfully put their hope in God and in his promises to come. So who's in mind here? Well, Abraham's in mind here, as we we could go on and read.
1: So we can imitate his faith and his patience, and we can learn from his mistakes. Why is Abraham the father of our faith? Why? I mean, why? Because
0: despite his struggles and his failures, his faith moved him forward. Moved him forward. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. But he showed his earnest desire to receive the promise, a heavenly promise, by patiently enduring test after test and learning to believe in God's promises. Some of us don't learn anything. We we don't learn a thing from our failures. I know that I didn't. For years, I didn't learn. Instead, what I wanted to do was I wanted to highlight these outward successes and hide these
1: inward failures. Highlight my success, hide my failures. Like We work hard at
0: covering these things up, even believing at some level God just doesn't care about it. But the, the writer here is warning the church don't be like those who gave up in the desert and those who have fallen into apostasy, apostasy, given up, even though the race wasn't finished. They only proved that their faith wasn't genuine. Look to Abraham how after test and trial and setback, he trusted God and waited patiently and, and finally obtained the promise. He received the Son that he so desperately wanted he received isaac through an old wife to learn what to learn that the promise was received by grace not works and so think about this what were abraham's failures we see him as the father of faith well my goodness he lied to pharaoh said sarah was his sister so because he was afraid of pharaoh didn't trust god he had a child through Hagar because he was like, you know what? I'm just not going to wait on God to, I'm going to wait on God to fulfill this promise. I need to take things into my own hands. So, and Sarah helped him with that. And man, that was a huge fail. Another another struggle there. God has still promised him, I'm I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Like Sarah's going to bear a son. He's laughing at God. Then he meets Abimelech and does the same thing, lies all over again. I mean, test, fail, test, fail, test, fail. Abraham's life wasn't perfect, but what did he do? He kept moving forward. He kept progressing. He believed the promise. He, like, he
1: continued to have faith. God, I, I've failed, but I, but I'll still believe you. I'll still trust you. I mean, it's really interesting, too. What's,
0: what's interesting is, think about this. I want you to think about this. Test after test after test, and then he received this promise. like God, in his grace and mercy, gave him a son, Isaac. But guess what? There was, an even, there was a, a greater test to come after receiving this promise. So brothers, our life is going to be full of tests, tests, and trials, and troubles, and the Hebrew writer is telling us, keep going, don't shrink back, don't fall away,
1: persevere to the end, work, love, bear fruit, don't stop. Man, I'm just thinking back to God's grace in my own life.
0: I want you to think back to God's grace in your life. Like You are here by his grace. You are alive because of his grace. Don't waste another day. Don't waste another day. Don't give in to temptation. Are you pressing on? Are you moving forward? like abraham and brother it's not it doesn't just like disappear like one of the things i think that guys believe about the struggle with pornography is that like one day they're going to wake up and it's going to be gone even in finally getting help even in raising your hand and saying i've got a problem i'm ready to get well which is step number one even then it doesn't magically disappear there's a guy who um, I just started coaching and in, in this struggle and um, like my first message to him, um, we, we share this, we've got the software that we share and, and we talk back and forth and I got on there just the other morning and I just said, Hey brother, let, let me go ahead and, and tell you what, what you're in store for. <laughs> Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. However, don't give up. However, this is not perfection from day one. This is progress. We have to be patient. We have to persevere. We have to understand that tests are coming. Tests are coming. And what's really interesting about Abraham is even though even though he received a son Isaac, he was looking forward to a greater promise that he would be
1: the father of this incredible nation. I mean, he, he didn't, like, at the end of his life, he didn't see the fulfillment of all this,
0: but he was looking forward to Christ. It's in Christ that the seed of Abraham brings blessings to all the nations, gathering children of faith as numerous as the stars in the sky.
1: And so my encouragement to this brother was keep pressing on like what
0: freedom from pornography is going to do for this brother. When he, when he experiences freedom from pornography, it's going to open up an entire new life for him. Does this mean a life free from struggle? No, but absolutely it means a life free from shame. It means a life that is not bogged down where he can have, confidence before god paul says we are bold but brothers we know that when we're struggling with pornography there's no boldness in us if there is
1: it's a lie there's no boldness in us we feel weak we feel like a fraud but that's not god's will for our life jesus said your father abraham
0: rejoiced that he would see my day and he saw it and was glad Like Abraham didn't receive all the blessings he longed for in this earthly life. I mean, he didn't gain possession of the promised land, but he did receive the promise of every blessing that God had for him and that one day it would all be his. So, brothers, So many of you are fixated on the comforts and distractions of this life that you can't even understand the promises
1: God has for you. You can't live a life of faith because porn has wrecked it. Your purpose in life lives unfulfilled.
0: And truthfully, like if we want to be really honest, you would
1: rather blame everyone else for your lack of perseverance. It's their fault. And guess what? And I'm, I don't want to discount things that have happened to you in the past that have absolutely impacted over time, like impacted your belief of who you are. But God makes promises to us. He makes promises to us, and his promises,
0: his promises are real to encourage us, to give us hope of an eternal future. And so we have to look to Christ and see all of God's promises are yes in him. And I want to warn you here also, right? God makes promises, but porn makes promises too. Porn makes promises to shame you, to keep you weak and ineffective, promises to discourage you, sabotage your marriage. I mean, think about like I think men believe that pornography is just a struggle within themselves, that, that nothing else is impacted. But the truth is your kids are impacted, your wife is impacted, your body is impacted it's loaded down with stress and anxiety think about like the fear of always getting caught you carry that stress in your body and so many of you sedate with food many of you sedate with more porn or social media like you're so filled with stress and anxiety that you have to find some type of relief and you're distracted
1: from like the true promises of God. And even at work, I mean, I believe
0: that porn impacts your work. Like you could do so much more at work than you do, but you're distracted by porn.
1: So I want to tell you, um, uh, and I think this is really interesting. This happened just this
0: past week. I want to share a quick story with you in, in closing here. Cause I think this is really interesting. So I believe I've mentioned it here before I'm training for, if I haven't, I've mentioned it other places. Anyway, I'm training for a race at the end of this month and it is a long race. I've never run a race this long before. It is a 50 K with 60 obstacles. So it's called the Spartan ultra. Um, I've, I've run in a race half that length, and it was miserable but i've got two buddies and we're doing this race and so we are training and so the training is not something i like because i don't like running but um but i'm i'm doing it and it's interesting because uh, we got on the phone with a person who has done this race many times before like we just got on the phone with him this past week and we were asking him all about, Hey, nutrition. We we're asking about training. We we're all asking about obstacles in the course. And cause there's 60 obstacles over 31 miles. And he used one phrase that just stuck with me. I think we talked with him on Thursday, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember. And, and man, when I was running this weekend, it just rang in my head over and over and over. And that was this phrase relentless forward progression he said guys remember this relentless forward progression don't stop he said what you can't do is stop in this race if you stop you will quit and what he meant by that is in this race there is a halfway point so it's two two big loops right two like 16 mile loops and and once you get done with the first loop you there's a there's a tent that all the racers can go to, you can, you can change your socks, you can change your clothes, your shirt, whatever you wanted to change, your shoes. It's a muddy and wet course. And um, you get something to eat. You can get comfortable. He said, guys, don't do it. Don't fall for it. He said, you can go in there and you can grab a sandwich, but you keep going. Relentless forward progression he said when i go in there and i grab a sandwich or whatever i do he said i'm in there maybe a minute maybe 2 minutes at the max he said i can look around i already see the people who quit i can look at them he said they don't know they've quit yet but they've quit they don't know and the truth is in this race in the spartan race majority of people do quit at the halfway point they stop and they say i'm not going back out for that second loop and as i was running This weekend, I was just thinking, relentless forward progression in the Christian life. And this is what the Hebrew writer is doing. He's pointing to Abraham, and he's saying, you know what? He persevered. He kept going. It was relentless forward progression. He did not settle down. He believed the promises of God. And and was his life perfect? No, absolutely not. Was Peter's life perfect? No, it wasn't. Was Paul's? No, absolutely not
1: relentless forward progression and so brother pornography
0: absolutely is seeking to derail you to get you to settle down and to believe you need to quit and my encouragement to you
1: is keep going keep going look at look at Abraham. Look at David.
0: Like we want to keep looking to men and women of faith. We want to open our open the word and read the word. We want to see Christ. And and this is ultimately what the Hebrew writer is going to get to is he's pointing to Christ. Like Jesus is, and all through the, the book we've seen. Jesus is superior to angels. Jesus is superior to Moses. Jesus is superior to Joshua. And later on, we're going to see Jesus is superior to
1: Aaron and the priesthood. He is the, he is the superior king and priest.
0: So we, we have to look for, we have to keep pressing on. And you know what was so encouraging as, as I was listening to this guy? is He was encouraging us. He was saying, guys, you can do it. Like, I've done it. I've been there. I've done it. I've done it multiple times. You can finish this. You can do it. You can get. And it was just this encouragement of somebody who's gone before us. And so let me be that for you. You can be free from pornography. God, in His grace, in His grace, I I mean, I don't know what it was. It was something in his grace, his power. I was able to overcome this.
1: But I didn't quit. I didn't stop. I
0: made up my mind. Like I finally made up my mind that I was going to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I, I didn't care. I didn't care who knew. And that's, that's some of y'all's biggest problem is you care more about the opinions
1: of other people than you do honoring God and finishing this race. So whose promises are you going to believe? Like Abraham,
0: we're going to have tests and trials and troubles. But man, we can let them shape us and mold us. To become the man of God that he wants us to be. The man who holds fast to his promises. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, man. I believe that through you and through your struggle and through your trouble with pornography, God's going to open up the door for somebody else. This is the whole purpose of what I do with men, work with men, is because I want to see them then go and encourage other brothers, and support other brothers, and and walk with other brothers through this horrible, horrible thing that is just like running rampant in our churches, leaving men ineffective and weak. All right, guys, um, that's all we've got for today. I just want to
1: just want let me end with this. Um, I'm going to come back to this passage in Hebrews.
0: And I just want to encourage you with this. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. So sometimes the things I say may seem harsh to you. Like when I say you're a liar, like you, <laughs> these things may seem harsh. When when I say that you are weak and ineffective, that you're giving up, that you're an infant in the nursery, these things may seem harsh, but but in your case, like I I do, I feel sure of better things. I believe that God is going to change you, transform you. He's going to like the character of Christ is going to bear fruit in your life. I believe that. That's why I'm doing this, and so I want to encourage you, like man, keep pressing on Relentless forward progression. all right brothers that's all I have for you on this episode of porn and the Gospel man if you have found any of this encouraging would you go and leave a review on Apple iTunes um, you can you can give it a, a star five stars whatever you want to give it but then if you leave a comment this really helps and encourages other men other brothers in Christ who are struggling to give the podcast a lesson, listen. And my hope and my prayer is that it would uh, benefit and encourage uh, guys, the more they find it, the more they will uh, be encouraged to, uh, to this relentless forward progression in the Christian faith. All right, guys, I will talk to you on the next episode.